Hello to you, our pretty pod pals, and welcome to another edition of the Almond View podcast with myself, Liam Innes, and our expert panellists, Thomas Froh and Mr. Stephen Povey. Hello there! Like the Livingston men's team, we are down to the bare bones with a depleted squad. Jake's away on holiday where he's already texted me to say that he's winched a bird, but she doesn't have MSN or Bebo, so it's definitely a lie. And Owen is working, so this episode will probably only last five minutes, as the other boys will actually be able to get a word in. In this week's episode, we will have a look back at our opening day demolition at the hands of those ravenous rangers, those pesky bloody bears, a look into the upcoming season for the Livingston women's team, and we'll also have a quick Livy slash Aberdeen quiz as a way to get ourselves and all of you beautiful people buzzing ahead of the first home league match against the Dandy Dons, Aberdeen, this coming Sunday. With all that coming up, content galore, it is now time to connect us to your Bluetooth speaker, grab your family and sit together whilst enjoying some family-friendly-ish Livingston FC-based content with us here at the Almond View Podcast. Livingston started their cinch Premiership campaign with a 3-0 defeat away to last year's champions, the Glasgow Bears, the Teddies, those pesky, bloody, ravenous Rangers. An early goal from Anis Hadji put Rangers 1-0 up in the 8th minute and they wrapped up the win with a spectacular goal from Scott Wright and a bizarre goal from Kemar Roof late on in the second half with the Lions doing their best to stay in the game in between. However, some major questions were raised in terms of defending once again. I will come to Mr. Stephen Povey first. The first goal, how avoidable was it? It was pretty woeful from Penrice in terms of his marking, leaving Hadji at the back post, but could more have been done to prevent the goal or was it actually just a good finish once the ball dropped to the back post? Well, even prior to that, I mean, I messaged like uh, the boys, like, listen, free kick. You could just, it was inevitable what was going to happen. That was quite a lot of times last season, giving away cheap free kicks and then, um, you know, losing goals from it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was a stupid free kick to give away to start with. Uh, and as I say, I kind of predicted it was just about to happen. Uh, yeah, it was weird the marking because he looked over his shoulder and he saw he was that Hadji was all like by himself, and yeah. but he didn't do anything about it, you know. Like it was kind of as the ball was getting played, he looked over, you know. Uh, yeah, but as soon as it got uh, he he got it with, trapped at his feet, he kind of took on the boys. Yeah, that was it. I mean, something never going to stop a shot like that. Uh, as I say, for me, that, that goal was cheaply given away because of the free kick. The marking, not great either. We need to do more about that. It was a shame because, you know, obviously it was, you don't want to concede too early. And for me, 20 minutes, yeah, that was it. Game over, you know. If we, it just showed, like, because after that, as you say, the way we uh, played 
sort of that big middle spell of the game. If we'd kept them, if we'd played like that from the start, you know, it could have been a different story. But hey ho, not unexpected, was it really? Nah, not really. I mean, yeah, it was pretty inevitable after last season how poor we were from defending set plays. It was just, I, I just, I, I don't know what he was doing trying to. It was as if he was sucked into the ball and he thought he was about seven foot taller than what he actually was, going for a header, completely missing it, and then leaving Hadji after he sat and looked at him, after I, I paused it and sent a photo into the chat. So you could see that he looked at him, knew he was there, and instead, even if he said to someone, oh, by the way, there's a man at the back post, but he looked at him, looked away, got sucked in by the ball, and it was just a bit, a bit weird and just a bit unfortunate. Uh, after that, Thomas, was there anything that impressed you? Uh, my noticeable thing was when Jack Hamilton came on, he immediately got a shot away. I think it was our first shot on goal. But was there anything else in particular from anyone that impressed you during the game or during that spell between the first and second goal? I think, you know, the set, the first half was pretty poor. And I can't remember what minute the goal was in the second half. But I think, you know, start of the second half, we looked all right. You know, I, I, honestly, I think Rangers took the foot off the gas. Um, the two goals that came late were, you know, us more lapses in concentration, anything. But I think we looked okay. Um, we seemed to defend them fairly well. We we kept ourselves in the game, which I think was the most important thing. I don't think anyone really uh, stood out in particular. Maybe Obelai seemed quite commanding. Oh, there was some like questionable defending in the box. Uh, from set pieces, but I saw him on plenty of headers, maybe a bit too much, hoofing it straight down the middle of the park up the road and giving it to uh, the striker who you know, he had no chance against two centre-halves to, to pick it up, but there was promising signs there for sure um, and against teams that I think aren't as good as Rangers, because they are good uh, I think, you know I think we we should be in for a decent shout. So you're not going to retract your we're finishing in Europe statement? No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> I mean, teams teams uh, get beat every season 3-0 by one of the old firm and finish in Europe, so... That's true, that's true. Now I'll give you that, fair enough. Um, the, well, the aforementioned second goal, so you asked what minute it came in, Thomas, it was the 78th. So there was a good sort of hour or so um, without conceding with half time in between, obviously. Um, the second goal, I mean, again, it probably was avoidable, but in terms of the finish, Povey, it was pretty spectacular. Outside of the right foot from uh, mm-hmm. Scott Wright. Again, was there any complaints from your end, or was it just hold your hands up? Great finish. I think by that point, um, you know, you've hit in the head there, really, Thomas, that it was. Rangers knew we weren't going to be scoring by that point. We probably uh, another goal was inevitable. I think by that in the latter stages of the game, it was uh, you could just tell it was coming. But yeah, it was a cracking finish. I thought Max, oh, obviously the amount of saves he made throughout the game was brilliant. But he couldn't have done anything about that. Could, could you could you slate the defenders? Not really. When you're getting absolutely like. As I say, it was full on by that point. You could, 
I would say the third goal for me was where you you, you really can slate the defenders, but um, yeah, it, it was it was bound to happen, as I say. I've, I mean, for me, third goal, that's where you, you would really slag the defenders. Second goal, Thomas, you're disagreeing with me. What are you going to say? Yeah, I like this. I like this. This is what I want. Tell us, Thomas, why do you disagree? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that negative. I think the, the second goal, that was the like outside of the foot yeah. volley, uh, right? The peach, the, yeah. It just needs to get fucking cleared. It's yeah, dropped I again. Mean, it's dropped again to a man at the back post with acres of space. That can't happen. That can't happen at Sunday level, and it certainly can't happen in the Premier League. Like, see, when you we, lo- look at it, Thomas, it it does take a deflection. No, no, it's a header from Tavernier. That tiny little header he made. Um, like I reckon we would have cleared it if he hadn't scuffed it off his head just before that. Because I th- I thought the same. I was shouting clear it, but actually, when you look at the highlight, the, it was actually a nice wee think. Hard, really hard to avoid the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of the goal, just one last thing on the second goal. Um, obviously, Thomas, you were saying that you know they were thinking of clearing it, or they probably should have just got it clear. Probably you said that the Tavernier header took it away. He got the assist for it. Against other teams, would that goal have happened? Do you think there's many other teams, Barham, Rangers, Celtic, that if that situation was to arise again, like they don't have the player to be able to finish like that, surely? No, I agree. I agree. We were, we were getting hounded right down by their attack, and they, they have some quality attacking players. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we don't see any more of that. Put it that way. Fingers crossed. Uh, right, so the third goal, Povey, you sort of touched on it. Thomas, I'll come to you. It was absolutely comical. The ball was just sitting on the six-yard box, waiting for a Livy player to attack it to get it clear. None of them. They were all staring at the ball. Jack Fitzwater came all the way back to be a second goalkeeper on the line. Is that a worry that None of the Livy players were there or willing to go and attack this loose ball in the box. It, it was a bit comical, wasn't it? I, I think, again, I've kind of go back from what I said before. They were tired. We'd been out of possession for 90 minutes. It, it doesn't worry me that much moving forward, like that things like this happen, especially when competitive football wise has been thin on the ground, you know, recently. I think they need a bit of time. It was a baptism of fire, really, to go back into a game like that. And I know you need to try and take positives for these games and, and try and do better than what they did, certainly for that third goal. But it, aye, it was a mess, but I, I, I don't think it's too ominous, to be honest. I, th- I think those things will get better over time, I hope. See, see for me, Fitzwater... It was like, see when you're playing FIFA and you accidentally like click the wrong player and like run back. It was like that happening, but it was real life. It was ridiculous. Like what? What stage do you go in your head? Oh, I'll I'll be the goalie. <laughs> it was yeah. like ridiculous. It was as if it was like a game. Of, well, I mean, I think we were a man down by that point, but it was like a oh, game. Of, that's true. 
five five v four at five sides when a player's when there's a, the other team's a man down and you say you can have any money. It was as if Jack Fitzwater thought, "All right, we can have any money because we're a man down." <laughs> uh, that was a bit of a bizarre sit- like decision from him. I'm sure he won't make that uh, mistake again. <laughs> well, he'd like mm-hmm. to hope so. Well, since we have been recording, there has been a breaking story in regards to the Livingston women's side. So we're going to hand over to our resident ladies man, please tell me if that's sexist, Thomas Fro, to tell us what is going on with the ladies team at the minute. Thomas, give us an update. Okay, so breaking news, Livingston and Hibs have come to an agreement uh, that Hibs women can uh, use the stadium, which is, you know, probably from what I've seen, uh, had a bit of a reaction uh, in the group chats and stuff. People are a bit disappointed that they'd cut this deal. I have to say that was my initial reaction. Um, you know, slightly worried. In Hibs tweets, they've also done a deal with Armadale to play there when their games clash with the Livingston team's games, which seems a bit ominous that you would maybe think that you know they would maybe get priority over the over the women's team uh, the Livingston women's team you know so I tweeted out something maybe a little bit a little bit quickly um, and I've had a response uh, from Dave Black at Livingston he said that by no means um, will that be happening uh, that Livingston will get priority so I think that's great news um, and it's good to get feedback like that off the club as well um, it's good to kind of nip those things in the bud uh, nice and quickly. So that's that's good. So Livingston will be getting priority on the Sundays that they're playing, which is great. Uh, but it do, it does. I've I've had some feedback from Hibs friends as well on Twitter that think it's a bit of a bizarre deal. Um, I think what the kind of the general consensus is is that they would probably play at Edinburgh City Stadium, um, but it's not ready yet. So that might be the reason for them coming through to Livingston and hopefully they can go back to Leith uh, next year. But, you know, it, it's with the kind of the excellent news of the more TV coverage this year of the women's game in Scotland, it will hopefully get Livingston a bit of money in. Um, there'll, there'll be TV coverage there. Obviously, the continued improvement and exposure in the women's game is always good. So... Hopefully it works out well for everyone. Hopefully you don't find me moaning that we've been papped off the park or the ladies have been papped off the park for a Hibs Glasgow City game. But we'll see. We'll see. So that's that's the breaking news. Hopefully it'll be all right. Um, as far as kind of the Livingston women team go, on a more positive note, um, I'm actually getting ready to go down to watch their last preseason fixture against Air United tonight. So. It's going to be a good test. Um, team in the same league, which is always good. They've come off the back of that kind of a bad defeat against uh, Dundee, who were in the league above. So it was a good test. They didn't look too out their depth. Conceded a few goals, but you know it's um, they didn't look too out their depth. So that's what they've got to look forward to. Hopefully next season, and then a solid six-one win at the weekend against Gart Cairn, uh, who again team in the lower div- uh, division. But it's good to you know get a game like that under your belts before you start the season. So interesting testing test tonight in there. Um, from what I remember a few years ago from watching Blackburn, 
uh, were always quite strong. So it'll be interesting to see how they've adapted to the higher level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, you know, moving on to the weekend on Sunday. So before the men play Aberdeen on Sunday, they are playing on the field turf out the back of the stadium. Before the men, I can't remember the kickoff time, but we'll tweet that out so everyone can get down there nice and early and see what the squad's looking like. It'd be good to get a good crowd there. Um, but yeah, they're, they're looking good from what I've seen. Uh, playing some good football, made some good signings. And yeah, it's. It, I'm really looking forward to following them around. Um, going to the games, not just following them around. That would be a bit weird. <laughs> that is <sexy>. uh, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, just from from me, uh, in terms of the stadium thing, this isn't like a new thing. Livingston and Hibs have sort of been in cahoots before. The the one thing, so obviously before when Hibs were, I think it was Hibs Reserves, were using Livy Stadium. Um, that was years and years and years ago before we had the plastic pitch. And it was in our sort of like weird stage of being in the first division but not really wanting to do anything in the first division so the pitch got sort of like cut up it was becoming we had a few bad winters there's two teams playing on that pitch we're holding cup finals as well for like junior games and stuff um so the pitch went through a lot of wear and tear with it being a plastic pitch now it can that sort of thing does worry me a wee bit so you've already got the men's team playing you've got loads of uh, community uh, football training happening on the pitch which is amazing uh, local community um, you've got the ladies team which is amazing because they get that experience of playing in a big stadium in front of, you know it's a lot a lot more accessible and a lot more um, enticing for supporters to go down uh, but I mean again like with as you said I, I and I sort of do agree with you but you know that's what we've been known for from the club anyway that we're pessimistic, we're negative, we're this, we're that. That um, I am worried that eventually, because the Premiership women's games are getting shown on the TV and the highlights are getting shown on TV, that it's going to be a lot easier for them to be able to set up their cameras when they've got a Livingston game the day before or Livingston men's game, and they'll go, "Well, why are we going to Armadale?" We don't have the same infrastructure, they don't have the same, you know, like barring a great Scottish Cup tie, there's never going to be professional setups at that ground. Um, they obviously do it for Spartans, but then Spartans have however many teams playing from their ground. I've seen a couple of things on Twitter as well, Thomas, as you mentioned about Meadowbank, maybe that when that's ready in October they'll switch back, but as you said, it's money in for the club, and as long as the club sort of stick to their uh, promise that the Livingston women's team will get the um, the first shout on the pitch and that continues and it doesn't sort of go by the wayside that when the BBC start pushing it's easier for us to set up cameras that are already there sort of thing um, but yeah other than that I'm looking forward to actually seeing the ladies in a full season I don't think they've completed a full season yet <laughs> Um, so yeah, first yeah, game nice. against Edinburgh Caledonia before the men's game we'll tweet out the kickoff time as Thomas said and it would be amazing to see as many people there as possible Povey have you got anything on the ladies team? No just I think that's that's great in a way the first um, first game ties in nicely with the the, fir- the first home game in the season you know might just 
give people a uh, reason to go down and see them and they might hopefully fans will be take an interest and and go to both the male and the female football teams uh, games I think that'll be brilliant I'm going to yeah. check it out myself anyway I'm looking forward to that good lad we'll all be there and we'll all be cheering on the Lionesses to make sure that they start the season as strongly as possible come on the Lionesses so this Sunday the Lions take on the dandy dons of Aberdeen at the Macarena in our first cinch premiership home league match of the season and we cannot wait to be back for the bread and butter, the real football, the cup games, whatever. Cowdenbeath, who are they? Aberdeen, who are they as well? But it's a league game. This is what we want. So in preparation, as per, we're looking at different ways to look forward to these games and rather than give you our boring predictions of I think that Livingston will lose, we have decided to go for a quiz, and because there's only two of the boys here today, we're going to go one by one game show style. So we've done our random name generator, and Thomas, you have come out first. So you will have the first question, then it will go to Povey, Thomas, Povey, Thomas, Povey, blah, 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 blah. So, Thomas, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Povey, are you ready as well? Yeah, I'm feeling good because I've only got one person against. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think anyone will get any points in this. But hey, we can only try. Right, Thomas. Three, two, one. How many players have played for Aberdeen, Livingston and Scotland? Uh. Wrong, it's five. Povey, can you name three of them? David McNamee, Jamie McAllister, Robbie Winters. Perfect. Thomas, last season was the first time that we beat Aberdeen at Petondre since what year? 2000. Wrong, it was 2004. Uh. Uh, Povey, Livingston haven't recorded a home win against the Dons for a significant amount of time. Also, what year did we last beat Aberdeen at the Macarena? I'm wondering if that was also... 2004, and that was the Scottish Cup game where uh, Burton O'Brien scored. Are you locking that's in what, that answer? That's, that's what I'm locking for. Correct, it was also 2004. Thomas, who scored the winning goal for, at the time, second division Livingston in their famous 1-0 Scottish Cup victory against Aberdeen at Petaudry in January 1999? Jesus Christ. I've only been in the country two years. Uh, Brian McPhee. Oh, wrong. It was John Robertson. The Robbo, man. Oh, Robbo. Yes, I fucking knew that as well. I had that. <laughs> no, you didn't. You I didn't did. Say it. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Aye. Povey. How many former Aberdeen players currently play for Livingston? Currently play for Livingston. Um, Without naming them, yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to think. I think they're three. Wrong. It's one. Thomas, oh, can you name him? Give me, give me, give me a minute. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Is it Shinny? Wrong. Nope. His brother played for Aberdeen. It's uh, Bruce Anderson. Bruce Anderson. Oh, man. fuck's sake, man. I know. 
Povey, a similar question. How many former Livy players are currently at Aberdeen? Uh, two. Correct. Thomas, can you name them? Jet. Correct. I don't know the other one. I actually don't have a clue. I'm going to kick myself as well. Um, Set and a half. I'll give you a clue. It's a second oh, and a half. Come on. She's on a play. Oh, Dick. Dick on Gallagher. Dick on Gallagher. <laughs> I forgot he signed. Uh, there we go. And the last question. Last season, Aberdeen secured a 5-3 penalty shootout win against Livingston in the Scottish Cup. Livy took four penalties that day in the shootout. Who was the only player that missed their penalty? Mm. Oh, you know, I can't remember. Uh, I didn't watch that game. Uh, I was. I remember I was in the car driving. One of the few games I missed. Sorry, uh, Josh Mullen. <laughs> I don't know. Wrong. It was. Didn't even Jason play probably. Ach, I wouldn't have that. Uh, I will correct myself actually on one of the questions uh, when I asked how many players have played for Aberdeen, Livingston, and Scotland. I originally said that there was five. However, I've just noticed that there's actually six. So the six players were Jamie McAllister, David McNamee and Robbie Winters, as Povey said. And the other three were Declan Gallagher, the aforementioned, Lee Miller, and can anyone give me the other? No. <laughs> Neil Alexander. Oh, oh has he played for Aberdeen? Well, did he, did he even get I, a game? I don't think he actually got a game for Aberdeen. I think, I think he, he was on the bench. Got a or game or anything. Because um, we signed him from Aberdeen, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, however, at the time of writing, my information was correct. Uh, well, it wasn't correct. It was what I thought <laughs> was correct. However, finally, Povey has broken his duct. I can't remember the score, but you won that significantly, yes! Stephen Povey. So congratulations. The start of the league table for the Amund View quiz is Stephen Povey. Yes! Come on. Well done, That's Povey. need to go on. Thanks. <laughs> I just I, w- I wanted to ease you into this season because I, I felt you know we were a bit harsh on you last year. Yeah, so gave you an easy solid, ride. A solid uh, silver place medal there. I know. Like, I'll take a second. At least you showed up. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for another week of the Amund View podcast. Another content galore filled episode for you all. I hope you enjoyed it. However, before we go. We will quickly discuss our Amund View Fantasy Football League, our inaugural league, with discussing our, first of all, our top three members of that league. So at the top of the table, we have Gabagool over here with 80 points. That's Andrew Gordon. Sked Scudders with 79 points in second place for Callum Sked, everyone's least favourite Hibs fan. Uh, And Fitball Shopping. Livy is third. That's Al Adams with 76 points. In terms of the Amund View boys, Povey, who's currently in 14th place overall on 62 points, is in the lead with Owen not far behind you on 61. And at the bottom of just the Amund View boys, 
You guessed it. It's me with a Macarena with 25 points. And all the way down at the bottom in 38th place is Livy in the Dream. Charlie Purvis, I hope I'm saying that right, with 21 points. Ryan Muter, you're only one point ahead. I think we all need to sort ourselves out a wee bit. Uh, so congratulations to Andrew Gordon. Let's hope that you can keep it up. We'll get you some sort of prize like a mug or something. Probably not. We'll probably forget. However, that's it. As I said, it's over. It's done with. We are finished with our latest edition of the Amaview podcast. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Pod, all one word. Search for us on YouTube and subscribe if that's where you get your podcasts. Just search for the Amaview podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts from for more glorious weekly content. We have a special guest lined up for next week. All will be revealed on our social media, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks for listening. No longer hashtag lines in the camp. Jet, we hope you have a fucking miserable game on Sunday. We'll see you next week.